We've all felt it, that, you know, sigh of relief when you take a break from a busy workday and just pet your dog. Well, dogs can help us through challenging times. On this show, we've talked about the incredible senses of dogs. We've talked about how their noses might be superpowers. But today, we are going to take a look at another superpower. Their ability to help us heal. So ask yourself, what is it about dogs that make them such excellent therapists? Hello, I'm James Jacobson in Maui, Hawaii. And I'm Olivia Bradley in Seattle, Washington. Welcome to Dog Edition, where voices from around the world consider all things dog. Dogs and mental health, how they help us heal. So that's what we're talking about on today's episode of Dog Edition. If you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup, and let's go for a walk, because we've got a lot to talk about. Hey, Pepper, want to go for a walk? Well, in the spirit of the new year, we at Dog Podcast Network are trying new things, and Olivia is here joining us. She is part of this new process. She brought us a story in a format of a sound portrait, which you'll hear later on in the episode. But in the meantime, I have roped Olivia in to being my guest co-host for this episode. Olivia, let's first of all welcome you to Dog Edition. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here today. We are honored to have you, and I'm really excited to share your sound portrait with everyone. But let's first talk about today's topic, which is about dogs helping us feel better mentally. Yeah, you know, this is a really interesting topic, and I've learned a lot about it recently. From my perspective, I think that it just comes down to a really intrinsic quality about dogs. Mm. They're very much in the present moment always. I think naturally, when you touch a dog and you pet a dog, you're drawn into your body. When you say being in your body, what do you mean? You know, when you you take your socks off and go stand barefoot in the grass, it kind of sinks you back right into this moment. And there's there's something about dogs that can do that, too. And I, I think it's just being able to touch them. I totally agree. They're very grounding. And thankfully, people don't put a lot of socks on dogs. They're <laughs> They're constantly in contact with Mother Earth. And just, you know, touching them and being with them is incredibly grounding. And it just makes us feel better. They have these healing powers. And that's just one of the functions, of course, the dogs have for us. Yeah, you know, my dogs are a rock for me. No matter what big changes come my way, they're always there. They're making me laugh. They're reminding me to take a break and spend some time outside. And you know what I think also is really, really crucial is that they provide so much structure to my life. They mm. they are a big part of my routine. Mm-hmm. And I think that routine is incredibly beneficial for mental health. Working from home, it's like I've got a little more flexibility in my schedule, but you know, nothing has changed for me because I get up at 7.30 to feed the dogs. <laughs> they will tell you they need to go out. They want breakfast. Yeah, they, they keep us on schedule, which is just a nice thing about dogs in addition to all the other benefits they provide for us. On today's episode, we're going to be hearing from some people with some pretty extraordinary dogs that have acted as therapists or healers or psychologists to make them feel better mentally. That's right, Jim. And just a quick content warning for sensitive listeners, this episode very briefly references violence and suicide. But don't worry, these stories are powerfully uplifting and sure to warm your heart. Indeed they will. So Olivia, where are we going first? 
We are heading over to Michigan to hear from Karen Story, a teacher who founded the Brighton Area School's Pack of Dogs. She's going to tell us about some incredible therapy dogs who were called to duty to help support a community in crisis. An alleged lone gunman, a 15-year-old student, is in custody at this hour. Police say he was armed with a semi-automatic handgun. Multiple agencies responding to TikTok video showing what appeared to be students taking cover from a suspected shooter yesterday. Healing is important, but tonight was all about remembering and honoring the lives of the four students who are no longer here. We were contacted through um, one of the administrators in Oxford schools. They said, can you please help us? Well, this week, many Oxford students are returning to other school buildings in the district for the first time since the November 30th shooting. But as our Sean Lay discovered, some new friends are roaming the halls and putting smiles on faces. We took all 15 of our dogs. You could see parents a little bit of sense of relief that... They dropped their kid off and there were 15 dogs greeting those kids at the door, you know, wagging their tail. How'd you feel about them going back? It was hard. You worry. You worry. Can this happen again? When his kids got home that day... They loved the animals that are there for the students and and they loved having them in the the classroom. So they felt safe. They felt they were happy. They came home happy. Um, We were exhausted by the end of the day. But here's the thing. We saw kids smiling. We saw staff smiling. Kids were talking. They were engaging. The human and the canine bond is so amazing. It is something that us humans, even any counselor, any psychologist, it's just something we cannot do as humans. Kids will talk more and even identifying emotions. There's so many layers to it. And these pups are currently attending school with the Oxford students. This recent tragedy is not the only time the Brighton Area School's pack of dogs were at the heart of the community healing efforts. They've been there for students in the wake of many difficult times, providing comfort and helping kids to just process their emotions. You know, there is something so special about what Karen is saying here, because dogs offer a very particular kind of support that you just can't get from a human psychologist or a human therapist. What do you think about that? Well, there is the aspect of physical touch, and it's kind of the most primal tool for providing and receiving comfort, right? Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, it's one of the first things we learn as babies, but I think it's just not a simple thing to provide for a school full of students, you know, even if there were enough (laughs) hugs to go around. Physical touch is complicated by whatever the relationship between two people are, regardless of if you have a good relationship or not. It's not it is, you know, there are factors there. There are layers to that. So So true. But, you know, a therapy dog offers support in the form of just pure, uncomplicated physical connection. Absolutely. The students can go seek out comfort by petting a dog and enjoying their company. I know that when I was in school many, many years ago, uh, there was a dog in our school and I didn't have a dog at that point. I always wanted one. And it was so cool that if I took this uh, teacher's class, the dog would be in the room with him and he would come over and you can pet him. And it didn't really distract from the studies at all, but it was such an awesome thing just to have the presence of the dog and to be able to touch it. I was kind of not the happiest kid in high school. And, you know, being in the room with the dog 
made a big difference to me. Yeah, you know, I I really wish that I had that in in my school when I was um when I was a student. I do think that it's something pretty much anyone could really benefit from. And that's what's kind of great about Karen's dogs is that when they're not like dealing specifically in a therapy situation, they're just available for that type of exposure to the kids so they can get that kind of just, you know, take a pet when you need one. It's pretty cool. That is really cool. So they they go to school full time and and help these kids on a day-to-day basis. So what does a regular work day for these therapy dogs look like? Well, what is therapy? It's a space where you're encouraged, of course, to open up and talk about your problems. And then, you know, in a human space, the therapist might ask you follow-up questions and push you to observe your feelings. And a good therapist is obviously a safe person to guide you through that process. But you know what, Olivia? These dogs are doing the same kind of work. Dogs are not judgmental. We were having a conversation with a student and he was like, you know, just wish I could be a dog. I just wish I didn't have to deal with all of the emotions and, you know, reading into emotions. He's like, it's just so simple. You can just sit here, lay with this dog and love on him. And he's going to do the exact same back. There was one kiddo that was really struggling with some anxiety. We'll talk with them like, okay, if you saw Duncan digging through the dirt and he's running around in a circle, what do you think about that with Duncan? And they're like, well, he's super nervous. He's struggling. Well, let's let's talk about anxiety. They're using Duncan as a persona, something that the kids can identify with. And they're actually helping people to reflect and understand their own feelings. It's so cool. Not only do these dogs provide comfort and create a safe space for people to open up, they're specifically trained to analyze situations and identify problems. Right. Dogs are great at that. Like I I think of like a bomb sniffing dog. Mm. It has a different goal, but it's the same premise, right? Analyze situations, identify problems. Mm. And we know dogs have these incredible senses and this amazing ability to tune out certain stimuli and fully engage with others. You know, their control over their senses just never ceases to amaze me. And it's especially cool that they can use these super senses to work with something that isn't in the physical realm, you know, like emotions. It is extraordinary. And these therapy dogs are really beneficial in a school setting. One teacher in a classroom full of kids has just way too many things on his or her plate to be able to tune into every student's emotional needs. Karen tells a story of a dog who was sent to greet the kindergartners on their first day of school. Remember how nervous you can be if you're, I remember what that was like for me a long time ago. (laughs) The first day of a big kid school. It's a big deal. And a lot of these kids just haven't been away from home. And well, luckily this dog did his job well. He walked right into that classroom and found this kiddo that was just struggling. Like he wanted to be at home with mom and our dog sat right next to that kid and he wasn't budging. He was not going to move. That kid was able to pull it together, you know, was petting the dog and talking to the dog. And, you know, that kid was able to make the rest of the day without having to go home because he was struggling. That is pretty cool. The, The dog was able to figure out which is the kid that really needed the help went, identified him, and was able to make the kid feel a little more comfortable being in school. I think they are 
really intuitive mm-hmm. about that kind of thing. I know my dogs are in tune with me. I can think of several examples, but just the other day I was, I was making dinner and I kind of cut myself with a knife. It wasn't a big deal or anything, but I made a little sound. I gasped a little bit and my dog Casper came running down Rescue the stairs dog. to check on yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So they, you know, they know, they know they can sense when something is off and, you know, I make all kinds of little sounds throughout the day, but he knew that that one, he knew something about that meant that, you know, I'd hurt myself. So yeah, I had a sore ankle, uh, uh, recently and Kenga just laid on my ankle just to make sure that she, and, and there's no way that she would know other than she somehow knew they have this intuitive sense. Dogs really understand and get us. Mm-hmm. It is really amazing. So obviously dogs are great and you want to have them in the school And Karen was very clever. 12 years ago, she saw an opportunity to start this program to incorporate therapy dogs into her local school system. Now, how much money, Olivia, do you think that she spent to get all of these therapy dogs working in the school? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's the cost of the the actual dogs. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then the cost of training. I mean, I think you're probably looking at several thousand dollars, right? It can get pretty expensive. But you know what? Karen is a determined woman, and she took an innovative approach to fund it. She didn't just go out and buy a puppy and put it through therapy training school and bring it home with her. Uh Uh-uh. She actually got all of this funded by the community. And to this day, every single dog in her program is owned by the school district, and all of their care and training is paid for business sponsors. That is amazing. So Mm -hmm. this program doesn't cost the school district any money. Mm -hmm. No tax dollars at work there. Wow. And it's clearly been successful in Karen's community. I mean, I think we need to be shouting it from the rooftops like, we need more dogs in schools. (laughs) We certainly do. And Karen would love to see other school districts adopt the same model. And of course, through the 12 years that her program has been running, they've seen a lot of dogs go through the program. And Dogs don't live as long as human beings, and so some of them have crossed the Rainbow Bridge. She told us about a dog named Caesar. We just lost Caesar this summer to cancer. I just think back to all that Caesar has given to people in our community. Like I, I was shocked when he passed how touched people were by by Caesar that we never even knew. Like they're grown adults now. We'll hear conversations, just people like, oh my gosh, I remember Caesar. Caesar was there when I was in sixth grade. And this kid now is graduated from college and has a job. All these other dogs, I could just, I'm gonna cry. All these other 13 dogs, like you guys have some big shoes to fill. You know, Caesar, he was just, he was the greatest. And um What that dog did for people is unreal and we'll never know. We'll never know the impact, but I will tell you, Caesar knew my goal, my vision, honestly, and people might think I'm crazy, but I would love to see a dog in every single school district here in the state of Michigan. I think dogs should be in every school in America. I think finally back on Rastus, that was the dog's name in my school where I really could get a little comfort from Rastus. And I know Rastus helped a lot of other kids Back in the days, 
This is such an amazing story. And we're going to continue to follow here on DPN how dogs are helping us all heal because this is a time when we around the world need a little extra healing and dogs can provide it to us. We're going to take a break right now. But when we come back, we will jump into that sound portrait that I talked about earlier. And it illustrates a slightly different angle on that healing force that our dogs bring to our lives. We'll be right back. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to roll in the grass and warm my belly in the sun. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Ever Pup. The green, grassy, beef liver-spiked smell wakes my senses. You may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy, especially when you wet it. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. Everpup traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. Does it roll back time? Of course not. Not really. But it helps me feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm so glad you're giving it to me every day. Because every day I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so grateful to be your dog. And for the Everpup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Dog Edition. Hey, Jim. Yes. What would you say if I told you that dogs are mirrors? I would agree. I think they are mirrors. They reflect back some of our personalities. And you know what? They pick up things about us, just like mirrors kind of show everything. So yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And you know, I talked to somebody recently who has experienced this firsthand. (laughs) He actually kind of wrote a whole book about it. This is that beautiful sound portrait that Olivia brought to us at Dog Edition. Let's take a listen. You're a dog lover. You know life is better with your best friend by your side. But have you ever stopped to think, maybe having dogs makes you better? I'm not talking about dog people as a superior demographic. No, I mean that maybe dogs are capable of helping us grow. I spoke with Ward Serrell, the award-winning writer and director of critically acclaimed documentary, The Heart of the Game. He's made more than 90 short films, 
but Ward wasn't always the prolific artist he is today. Ward's new memoir, To Crack the World Open, Solitude, Alaska, and a Dog Named Woody, tells a human story of healing and self-discovery guided by canine companionship. Here's Ward. I was a three-piece suited accountant, a CPA, riding the the elevators of, of skyscrapers in downtown Seattle and wondering, you know, how did I get here? And one time in a meeting, when I heard one of the partners say this word, Alaska, and something in my soul just lit up. And so pretty soon there I was with my audit bags, you know, riding the the Alaska State Ferry and going up to these remote villages, Clinkett and Haida villages. And, and the gourmet air and water of Alaska just knocked me between the eyeballs and, and never let up. And I knew I had to figure out a way to stay up there. Sounds like a beautiful setting for a story. Could you tell me a little bit about your book? My book is an adventure-driven story of a, of an exile from corporate America, me. It's a search for freedom. It's about an adventure in Alaska. And it's about dog as co-pilot into solitude to discover self. Woody was the first creature I knew who didn't come pressed into a box. His body was built of interfitting furry triangles. Triangle ears, triangle head, triangle nose. The triangles of his legs when he walked, all arrayed along a horizontal cylinder. Woody was a magnificent rolling wave of spontaneous canine geometry. The minute you step into solitude, as I did, and living in an abandoned cabin, then some part of it is outward adventure, and then some part of it becomes an inward-facing journey. I was actually seeking a form of personal freedom outside the the force field of my family and culture that it, I felt warped me into an unrecognizable form. And so I was just heading out away from all of that. And I started to bump up against parts of me that were um, damaged. And I had the courage to look into those because of the dog. And what did you find? It's not easy to talk about, but I do believe that experiences within the womb can be traumatic. And in my case, four months before being born, my mom tried to kill herself. Something happened at that moment. And after I was born, she was unable to show physical affection. So I wasn't physically touched. I was literally bundled away by the nurses. And I don't remember any instance of skin-to-skin contact in my youth. I grew up touch-deprived to a level of, of unhealthiness um, that affected me my whole life. And I wasn't at all aware of the impact of those things 
in my early 20s when I ran off to Alaska. I just knew something was wrong and I had to like get away from everybody and everything to try to figure that out. And Woody gave me the, the courage to start exploring that. You know, here I was running away from culture and running away from society and alone in a cabin with a dog and starting to come into terms with understanding that that had happened to me and how it formed me. Being body to body with another creature really gave me a chance for my central nervous system really to regulate and realize, wow, this is touch. It's, it's okay. And, you know, it's, it's a step away from human touch, reaching out for it and receiving it. And that was to come. <laughs> but it began with Woody, this creature that really accepted me being able to sometimes just lie down with his body, you know, somehow touching mine. That was revelatory to me. I was just like, ah, you know, I'd breathe with him. Dogs can reflect our tendencies and so be a mirror for self-reflection where all healing begins. We can see ourselves in them, I believe. So what exactly did Woody show you in yourself? What was in your reflection? You know, I had moments of, of anger and I started to look into those moments of anger and find that that was my dad. I started to be towards Woody as my dad was towards me. And I caught that. Could you say a little more about that? I was pursuing a personal, profound sense of freedom. And so I allowed him to be a free roaming dog. And we were out in country where that could be. Well, he started to come and go as he wished he would stay out longer and longer. And I would sometimes, you know, get angry about that or he'd take off and I'd just, you know, start seething. And I caught myself doing that once in a kind of an extreme way where I was about to hit him. I caught myself mid-strike and said, oh my God, look at me. And I felt my dad in the cabin at that moment. I laid down on the cabin floor and I held Woody and I, I promised him I would never, you know, hit him again. And I didn't for the, for the rest of our days together. Any dog can reflect aspects of us that we need to, to tend to, care for, love. I think they reflect both conscious and unconscious parts of ourselves. And I, it's not a coincidence that a lot of dogs and owners look alike. It's not a coincidence that um, some of a human's neurotic tendencies appear in dogs. Um, you know, high-strung or tightly wired people often have dogs of same. So I think they also can reflect our potentialities. They are mirrors to patience. They're mirrors to acceptance. They're mirrors to readiness for what is of being in the present and for asking for what they want. 
my journey to Alaska with Woody was a rite of passage. It involved a movement through a series of ordeals that resulted in ultimately me returning to the world, not as an accountant or business guy, but as an artist, you know. I started to do public radio. I started to do theater. I started to do poetry. I started to do all these other things, filmmaking. That all happened up in Alaska. So, you know, from accounting to art. The spirit of Woody lives on in much of Ward's art. His podcast, Chew the Bone with Dr. Woody, is a show where troubled people and dogs write in, seeking advice from Woody, the cosmic dog psychologist. (laughs) That is so fitting. We asked a question at the beginning of today's episode, what makes dogs such great therapists? Well, what do we think? Have we answered that question, Olivia? I think if we break it down, there are a few things that come up in both of these stories. And one is that they are a source for the most basic kind of comfort, that ability to touch a dog and and share that physical connection with another being is more powerful than words can tell. Absolutely. Physical touch is certainly a big one. And then the other thing that, that I picked up from what we talked about today is dogs' ability to, to act as mirrors, to help us reflect on ourselves. They see us very clearly because they are right there very much in the present moment and they're not conflicted by all that complicated human stuff that makes us hard to sometimes understand ourselves. Yeah, you know, their feelings are always just a pure and simple response to their immediate surroundings Mm -hmm. and they aren't concerned with the factors that we people tend to get really hung up on like, you know, judgment and shame and anger. Those feelings are you know, they're valid, but sure. they can also muddy the waters and make it hard to see what's really going on with us. And and they make it difficult to move forward. Absolutely. If we put ourselves in that dog space or in hound lounge, which is a name that I came up with years ago when I wrote the book, How to Meditate with a Dog, if we can just put ourselves in that space, we are presented with the opportunity to just reflect and to grow and to to be the best people we are. Of course, These stories are excellent reminders that when we face difficulties in our lives, as many of us have in the past couple of years, dog people are equipped with a super powerful healing force that is right there by our sides, healing us as they heal. Well, that is it for today's episode of Dog Edition. Olivia, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We will hear more from you in the future. And thank you most of all for tuning in and spending a little bit of your dog walk with us. I want to encourage you to follow Dog Edition in your favorite podcast app or on YouTube or anywhere. But most importantly, please tell a friend or two about Dog Edition. It helps us grow this show and our network. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, I want to wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Aloha.